0: Welcome to the Money Rules Podcast, where we tackle your personal financial matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, We Melonsohokou. Retirement planning can be a daunting task, but the key is a well-structured plan. In this episode, we discuss different strategies for generating income in retirement, including annuities, dividend stocks and working in retirement. Joining us to share valuable insights on these strategies is Suzanne Halman, who is a Certified Financial Planner at Brenthurst Wealth. Welcome, Suzanne.
1: Hello, Tibi. Thank you for having me.
0: Suzanne, could you please tell us what are some of the most important things people need to consider when planning for retirement?
1: For me and what we see in our industry, it's the age that you retire at. A lot of South Africans still um, have the idea of retiring at the age of 55, they don't realize or taking into consideration is that most of them only started working at the age of 25. So you now have a 30-year period that you save towards your retirement. And with the longevity that we are seeing in people now is the people live for 45, 50 years post-retirement. So basically, they are going to into retirement with only 30-year savings, but they want to live off the 30-year savings for another 45 years. The ratio between your working life and your post-working life needs to be considered. So for me, it's that post-retirement phase, the length that you need to take in consideration when you plan for retirement.
0: And Annuities can provide a guaranteed income stream in retirement, but there are many different types of annuities available. Can you maybe explain the different types and the pros and cons?
1: So the most known one is the investment-linked life annuity, also known as the living annuity. The second one we look at is the guaranteed or life annuity. And then the last one, which is fairly new in the industry, is the hybrid annuity. With the living annuity, you have the option to take an income between two point five and seventeen point five percent income per annum, and you have the options to take it on a monthly basis, a quarterly, a half yearly, or an annual basis. There the annuity have the almost freedom to play around with the income. So you might have the option to take three percent in the one year, but you know next year you want to go and travel a bit. So you increase your annuity income for the next year a little bit higher, which is a pro. And then also if the annuitant pass away, that life annuity proceeds, the balance what is remaining can either then go to his spouse or children, so he can nominate beneficiaries on it. A guaranteed annuity has the pro that you are guaranteed an income for the remainder of your life, and if you have a second life assured, which may be your spouse, you then know that they will also be covered with an income until they pass away. The con for a guaranteed annuity is that once both annuitants pass away, that balance of the life annuity falls away. It goes to the insurer head, say for instance, Sunlum. That whole portion falls away. So there's nothing that you can leave to your beneficiary. The hybrid annuity is a combination of the two, basically.
0: And can you tell us more about how hybrid annuities work?
1: Hybrid annuities, you have the option to play around with the portion that you want to put in a guaranteed annuity. And then also the, the balance will then go into a life annuity. So the hybrid annuity, the, the hybrid uh, life annuity part. These days, a lot of the insurance gives the client the option to choose unit trust funds within these portfolio. In the past, it was only a life fund. They were generally underperforming. But now you can actually choose a unit trust fund of well-known fund managers within the hybrid space and in the guaranteed space there, which will guarantee you a certain part of your income. That guaranteed income are paid back into the living annuity part. And then from there, you can draw your income. So what we see in many instances is that the guaranteed part you always Almost cover the necessities of the investor—the monthly need to pay the the rental or the medical aid and the food. So that is their bare minimum necessities that is covered by the guarantee part, and then the living annuity part. You can go more aggressive for long term growth. What happens in a lot of the um, products we see by using this, at the end of the day, your living annuity part starts growing because the guarantee grows with a certain percentage. You can choose inflation, inflation plus one, or a fixed. Or So there's different growth options that comes from the guaranteed part. When the annuitant then pass away, the guaranteed portion will fall away. That you cannot bequeath to beneficiaries. But the living annuity portion can be bequeathed to beneficiaries, which is a nice option.
0: What should people consider when weighing which annuity is best for their circumstances?
1: For us, it's the pot, the saving spot. And a lot of the times where clients didn't save enough, looking at a guaranteed annuity or a hybrid annuity is a very favorable option, especially in the current market environments we are in with the high interest rates because the guaranteed annuity that they can get is a lot higher than it was a couple of years ago when the interest rates were much lower. But it's not just the people with the low saving spot. It is also beneficial to some of the more richer, how can you say, affluent investors where they have saved enough, but they don't want the volatility in the market. So it's conservative investors that more or less want that guarantee that there will always be enough income to cover my necessities in a month. So they don't want to play around to go more offshore or more aggressive. They want the the peace of mind that there is an income that is paid every month.
0: Dividend stocks are another option for generating income in retirement. What are some of the factors investors should consider?
1: Dividend stocks is a very nice tool that you can look at just for one, the Satrix Divi ETF which tracks the JSE Dividend Plus Index. It's the index which consists out of, obviously, our top companies and that are expected to pay the best normal dividends over the next forthcoming year. So it's basically investors will invest in this knowing or expecting to get favorable dividends on an annual basis. There is obviously the risk that people need to take in consideration that There might be rising costs, which will force these companies to not pay a dividend at some years or maybe have a lower dividend. And that will affect the investors income. And also, obviously, volatility and markets will have an impact on these dividends that's being paid out. So it is a nice tool, but there are risks involved in it as well.
0: Working in retirement can be a viable option for generating income, especially when you have insufficient funds. What are some of the things we retirees need to take into account when looking at this option?
1: Firstly, for me, it is your ability to still work. I mean, a lot of retirees cannot continue work because of a number of reasons. The other one is you need to factor in that you have to get to work. If you're still young and able to, it's nice to be able to go to a place where you can still work or have a contract at your previous employer. I know a lot of people, when they retire, the companies they work for offer them a three-year contract post-retirement where they can continue to work. And something that with the rising costs, rising inflation, um, I know we all know the petrol prices are rising, it's the cost to work. You need to weigh up what you can get from your income versus what you need to put out or give out to get to that job. It's not favorable to you if you need to pay a thousand rand week on petrol, but your income is only five thousand rand at the end of the month. I mean, then most of your money goes into petrol getting to your work and not getting an income. So those factors needs to be considered and then the one thing that i would urge people in retirement if they continue to work is continue to save don't stop saving because you retired
0: suzanne are there other options retirees can explore to stretch their income or generate more funds
1: there is the older generation are well aware of property investments i mean we see the younger generations not as much investing in physical property. The older generations have still invested a lot in property over the year. And sometimes those properties are delivering a good rental income that can subsidize their um, retirement income, which is nice. If you've got a big property which is paid off, there's always the consideration that you can Airbnb uh, one or two of your rooms For an extra income on a monthly basis, especially if you're in the Cape Town area, having the option to make use of that Airbnb over the December holidays is a very good income stream if you can do that. And then the other thing that we also see is where retirees will move in with relatives. Um, Two older sisters that's been retired that move in together together to cut on uh, costs, rental costs, electricity, internet maybe, DSTV, all those type of things. So that enables the retirees to make their income stretch a little bit further every month.
0: And how can retirees ensure that their income streams are sustainable?
1: Controlling the income that you take, a CETA has got a standard that uh, for sustainability of your capital, it is advised that you do not take an income higher than 5%. So ultimately, between 4 and 5% is the sweet spot. Sometimes you can get away with a little bit higher in good market environments. But in the environment we are in at the moment, we urge retirees to have a look at the income percentage drawdown. So yeah, for me, that is the main, main thing is look and control your spending.
0: Suzanne, I just want to throw this in there. We do get this question a lot. Are RSA retail savings bonds a viable option for retirees?
1: At Brentress, we don't use uh, retail bonds, but I know the rates are favourable at the moment, the interest rates and the yields that they deliver. So for a conservative investor, I won't say put everything into retail bonds, but it is a good diversification tool and it is a fairly safe investment.
0: And finally, what advice would you give to someone just entering retirement?
1: To me, for me, it is being not to be too and overly cautious with your retirement capital. Yes, you save for so many years and obviously you do not want to lose your savings spot. But by only investing it into money market funds or fixed deposits or income funds, will not give you inflation beating returns and at this stage with inflation as high as it is you need to have that equity uh, funds in your portfolio the offshore funds in your portfolio you will have to diversify to get the inflation plus 3 4 5% returns over the rolling 5 10 year period for your retirement to ensure that you can have the income that increase on an annual basis to keep up with inflation and price of goods so yeah do not be overly cautious or conservative when you go into retirement
0: thank you so much for joining us on this episode suzanne
1: thank you for having me again
0: that was suzanne howman who is a certified financial planner at Brentest wealth Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Rules Podcast. To listen to more, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb news for daily updates. MoneyWeb, Money Money your
1: trusted source for business and investment insights.